Hi, and welcome to another episode of IoT This Week. I'm your host, Craig Smith, and we have quite a few items to go through today, so let's go ahead and get started with some news. So last week, it was IBM that was in the news quite a bit um, with their $3 billion investment into the Internet of Things. So this week, it's Intel's turn. So Intel's uh, two announcements this week, one included that they will be making uh, Atom chips, their Atom chips available for connected devices, and it's a new version of the Atom X3. Now, I think for the most part, the Atom chips are used in uh, mobile phones and such, but they'll be putting those into connected devices. And the chips are meant to operate in extreme temperatures, and they're designed for Linux and Android, and they can operate on 3G or LTE. So that'll be interesting if they're going to make the chips where they're always connected or that they use like the LTE connection for some kind of backup connection in the case that uh, your normal internet connection isn't available. Now, Intel's second announcement involves um, them releasing a firmware engine for Internet of Things developers, which can be used with the Atom or Quark chips. And basically, basically you'll start with an Intel-approved firmware image and then build, kind of build out your uh, custom image from there. So that'll be interesting to see if, um, if that image, that standard firmware image is well accepted, um, if it will kind of put some uh, standardization in place. Um, where developers will basically start with that Intel-approved firmware image and then build it out from there. It'll also be based on UEFI, and that'll be able to boot with OSs like Windows, Android, and Linux. Now, we also have another survey in the news this week, this one conducted by the Eclipse Foundation, where they conducted a survey of 356 IoT developers, and there were a couple of concerns that were at the top. Uh, the first concern and the top concern, which is good to hear, was security. And the second top concern was connectivity. So 44% of the IoT developers noted that security or noted security as their top concern, uh, which is good to hear from a security standpoint um, that they're actually, you know, even thinking about security when it comes to IoT. But the uh, kind of the downside of that is that it's only 44% that are concerned about it. So we'd actually like to see that higher um, among developers where they're concerned about security, but it's understandable, of course, that that, uh, connectivity is high on the list as well, because without connectivity, then the uh, IoT device is pretty much useless at that point. So some of the other things that came out of the survey, um, 60% of developers in the planning stage are concerned about security, Um, but unfortunately, Uh, security's concern was lower for already deployed solutions, which is kind of bad because once the solutions get out there, um, they're vulnerable and the companies and manufacturers usually aren't too concerned about uh, keeping those things up to date once they've kind of got them out the door. And as I mentioned earlier, connectivity was more of a concern for already deployed solutions, which of course, I mean, you know, without connectivity, then the IoT devices are pretty much useless at that point. So obviously connectivity is a huge issue. Um, 80, 80% noted the use of open source software for IoT solutions. So that pretty much uh, goes along with what we've seen as part of our research projects where most of the operating systems running or are Linux or Android or some other open source um, OS. And and just like I mentioned, Linux was most often used at 78%. Uh, HTTP was the most common messaging protocol. 
which is a bit scary because of all the information that's flying around with IoT devices. Uh, more than likely, there's a good chance a lot of those protocols um, or the, a lot of the traffic that's traveling across the uh, internet probably needs to be going over some kind of secure net connection like HTTPS. And then uh, MQTT protocol was used by 53% of respondents. So for those of you who don't know what MQTT is, um, you can take a look at it. Um, basically, it's a machine-to-machine mach machine messaging protocol, and you can take a look at that at mqtt.org. Uh, and then the last item in the news is that it was last week. It was IoT Day during the week. So there were many uh, different IoT events held during that particular day. And basically, basically, it's a day for manufacturers and businesses to kind of meet up and discuss their, you know, different visions for IoT and so forth. And then also, if you want to see some of the uh, recorded uh, speaker sessions um, from IoT Day, there's actually um, a recorded session on IoT Live um, that you can actually take a look at. Okay, so let's talk a little about security and the Internet of Things. Now, the FTC, Federal Trade Commission, came out with some guidance on the Internet of Things uh, several weeks ago. And for the most part, it goes along with uh, something I mentioned in the first episode, which, is, which was the OWASP Internet of Things Top 10 and its Top 10 Vulnerability Categories. So, as mentioned, it, for the most part, it goes along with the OWASP IoT Top 10 where some of the some of the guidance includes uh, building security into the products before you actually release them, which we obviously would love to see because it's a lot easier to take care of security before you actually release the product and kind of bake it in instead of trying to uh, deal with it as an afterthought. Um, they also some of the guidance was that you should minimize the data data you collect, which that's pretty much a standard. Um, guidance step that, that's given in security where you don't really want to collect any more data than is actually needed to, you know, enable the product to function correctly. But they also did, but they also noted a few um, additional things when it came to minimizing the data you collect, which involves like collecting only less sensitive data. Um, so if you are going to collect data, collect data that's not sensitive to begin with. And then also, if you do need to collect data, then try to, uh, you know, anonymize that data um, you know, before you send it off and collect it in the cloud or wherever you might be collecting it. And then the other bit of guidance involved um, giving users a choice if you are actually collecting more data than what you really need or what would be expected for the proper functioning of the device. So if you're actually going to be, you know, I don't know, collecting um, some kind of personal information that doesn't really need to be collected in order for the product to function correctly, then what you really should do, um, according to the FTC, is actually give the user a choice to whether or not that data is collected or not. And just to mention real quick, the guidance that was put forth by the FTC um, was actually some very good, very good guidance. So we've actually added those um, couple points, um, which include you know, minimizing the data collect you collect and then also giving users a choice if you're collecting more than actually more data than what is actually needed for the functioning of the device. We've included those um, couple guidance points in the OWASP Internet of Things top 10 now. 
So the second item I wanted to discuss today, which isn't necessarily you know, technically security, but it is uh, interesting nonetheless, is a paper put out by NIST um, called the Time-Aware Applications, Computers, and Communications Systems. So it's a very interesting article um, about making IoT implementations, IoT devices, time-aware across these different areas, applications, computers, and communication systems. And it's something I had I had, had not really um, thought about much because I'm so focused on security, but it's uh, very interesting how we were going to make, especially especially with uh, critical IoT systems, it's like how, how are we going to ensure that messages sent from these critical IoT systems are timely enough to make those systems safe and effective and, you know, be able to actually make the critical decisions they need to. So, for example, um, say you have a critical system which needs to, you know, make split-second decisions based on information being collected from, you know, thousands of individual IoT devices. So how do you, rec how do you guarantee that the message delivery back to the home system happens when it needs to happen when you're talking when you're having to deal with this message this message crossing uh, software hardware networking and so forth how do you guarantee that these things get back to home base um, in time so that uh, these you know these split split second decisions can be made and right now that's something that's really not possible because currently the focus is on you know optimizing data processing rather than uh, making sure that data gets to where it needs to go in a timely manner. So when we're talking um, network routers, for example, that network router is going to need to be able to determine that, hey, this message that's going across the network here is meant for some critical IoT system, and it needs to be able to handle that so that that traffic gets prioritized and sent off where it needs to go in a timely manner as opposed to traffic that can basically wait until there's it can be sent. And I mentioned networking as an, as an example, but really um, timing cuts across um, several different areas, such as clock design, networking, hardware and software architecture, and application design, for example. And as I had mentioned earlier, it's a very interesting paper because it discusses things like, for example, PTP, which is Precision Time Protocol, which is something related to NTP, which everyone is probably familiar with, the Network Time Protocol for local area networks and so forth. So, I mean, it talks about various different things that um, people probably haven't thought much about today and about some several different things like PTP and so forth that a lot of people probably didn't realize were even, or even existed. Okay, so conferences. Uh, as I mentioned last week, there's just a large number of IoT, various IoT events going on any given week. So you can actually go have a look at iotevents.org and that'll give you an idea of upcoming events that are uh, Internet of Things related. But uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, last week there was, uh, we did have IoT Day and then you actually can check out some of the recorded sessions on IoT Live. And I'll mention once again the RSA conference that's coming up on April 20th, uh, which will probably be heavily focused on Internet of Things security. And then there's also an IoT Privacy Summit coming up in Mountain View, which should be fairly interesting given the privacy implications um, that IoT presents today. 
So several items to talk about today in regards to learning about the Internet of Things. Um, as I mentioned last week, the Hacking Exposed Wireless 3rd Edition book is an excellent resource for learning about the various different wireless protocols that are used as part of IoT. Those include, of course, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, uh, ZigBee, and Z-Wave. So that book has some excellent information and goes quite a bit in depth to with each of those wireless protocols, like how to sniff them and devices you can use to try and sniff them and so forth. So there are a couple of pieces of hardware that I've actually pre-ordered, and one of those is called the Onion Omega, and it's billed as an invention platform for the Internet of Things. And it actually... Uh, it comes uh, Wi-Fi enabled and it supports uh, many of the popular programming languages such as Python and Node.js. So that'll be interesting to look at, a little, little item to look at and see what kind of um, IoT functionality and so forth it brings to the table. And then another device that I'm really interested in, in uh, getting my hands on is called the RFCAT. And that's basically for doing all kinds of fun things with wireless. Um, and one of those fun things would include sniffing. And it's sniffing on the 300 to 928 megahertz range, which is uh, one of the ranges used by Internet of Things devices. So that should actually be really interesting to see what kind of um, traffic we can pick up in that range uh, from a security standpoint and you know see what kind of stuff, data and so forth is being passed. Now, a class that's coming up, and I think the only class they have available that's open right now, um, because I think they do have a class that said Black Hat, but I think it's actually closed at this point. But Zipiter, and hopefully I'm saying that name right, um, they have a class on software exploitation via hardware exploitation, uh, which should be really interesting um, if you're interested in you know, software and hardware exploitation. And then the last piece of hardware that I've ordered that will hopefully be here soon is the CanTac, and it's an open source car hacking tool. I'm not sure if I'm going to try to use that on my, arm, my own car, but uh, nevertheless, that should be interesting to uh, see what that'll, that'll do to, uh, or see what kind of mayhem you can get into with uh, messing with your car's um, computer systems. And then finally, in regards to talks, um, as I mentioned last week, um, the RSA conference coming up, uh, Daniel Meisler will be giving a talk on the Internet of Things and the OWASP IoT Top 10. So if you happen to be at RSA, make sure you check that out for sure. Um, and then also John Matherly, who runs Shodan, which if you guys don't know what Shodan is, go check it out on the Internet. I mean, it's just a fun thing to mess with if you're looking for certain ports open on the internet, then go on to see how many millions of devices are, have that port exposed to the internet. So that's always interesting. But he'll be talking about Shodan and IoT at the CIT e-conference on April 24th, or sorry, April 21st and 22nd. So that is the show for this week. As I mentioned in the first episode, I will be putting together some more in-depth presentations on various topics that will involve uh, visual aids and at that point I'll be taking this to a video format but until then um, as always you can contact me at podcast at iotthisweek.com or you can uh, add comments and so forth to the actual site iotthisweek.com but until next week um, everybody have a great week and thank you